Welcome, my friends, to the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, find our sweet spot, and planting our seeds to watch them grow in our magic garden. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. now and how are you doing want to welcome you to the next episode of peace love and bring a bat today we have a really interesting guest ray dobson who's a trauma removal therapist he's an author he helps veterans and that's why we're bringing him on and later in the show we're going to bring on one of the veterans that he actually is helping and we want to hear about it now one of the treatments he does is havening and Havening, you know, at one point working with veterans, they called it the voodoo shit. So I want to hear about all the different types of, you know, trauma removal techniques that Ray uses, as well as all the successes that he's had. Hey, Ray, how's it going? It's absolutely fine. Wonderful. Life's great. That's awesome. I know we were talking about any day above grass is going to be a good day, right? You have the ability to change. Dead right. Dead right. Yeah. So... I'd like, you know, I know you've been working with people for a while. How did you get to start to work with, with people, uh, helping them with their trauma, trauma removal? Since you're uh, originally, as I think a lot of, of people in my field, it was for self help. Um, originally, when I was in my twenties and uh, I was a little bit of a naughty boy, I was um, classed as an alcoholic. Um, the decisions I was making were all wrong because of that. And I ended up really at rock bottom, lost everything. One relationship after another went the same way. Um, I had this arrogance about me that I was right and everybody else was wrong. Uh, And eventually with that sort of lifestyle, there's only one way that it can really go and and it went down and down and down, it just spiraled all out of control. And um, I got to the point where I realized that I had to do something. Literally, I was given six months to a year to live if I carried on drinking the way I was. So it was basically do or die. I had to do something to pull myself out of it. Uh, well, there was only one way to go. And that's when I searched out different ways of of helping oneself self-discovery self-help and it was you know people like anthony robbins uh, richard bandler john grinder uh, and people like that and i followed them and i studied them and eventually i was trained by them uh, and my life just completely turned around it wasn't overnight you know it took a year or so but i i kind of stuck with it and after a while, I thought to myself, well, if, if this can help me, then there's a possibility of it helping others. And then that's, that's when I started on my training back in 1989, 1990. And I've been doing something every other year or so ever since. I, I study something every year. I try and find the new techniques, the new technologies that are out there. One, to improve my own life. Uh, and secondly, and I think more importantly now, to help other people out. It's kind of a, a passion of mine now to to try and help as many people as I can. 
Yeah, it sounds like you had one of what I'll call is those Phoenix moments. You know, you're in the ashes, and then you had to rise yourself, and you, you found some things, which is amazing. Uh, I've had a similar experience where I had gone through therapy, and that's uh, how I found Havening, and, and that's how you and I connected. Yeah. Uh, and once I started seeing that, I, I did, you know, start Havening, and then I did the NLP, hypnosis, various phases of hypnosis, and all these other techniques. And... Uh, yeah. It's been a life changer for not only myself, for those around me, as well as those people that I've helped. Uh, it, that's been the magic. Uh, you know, w- when we look for that spark, I always say the spark is within us. So what was the, oh, yeah. yeah? So what was the exact spark that that was that that you needed to do, or was it that possibly in six months you you might be dead? Obviously, that was a big part of it. But um, at the time, I'd met. Um, a lady who seemed to be different than all the others. I really wasn't that much bothered. I think I was always afraid that my relationship was going to end anyway. So whilst I was in a relationship, I was always kind of looking for another one because I knew this one was going to finish sooner or later. But something changed when I, when I met this lady who happens to be my wife now. How she put up with me for a long time, I don't know. But she's a wonderful woman, and, she, and I think she was part of my saviour. I think it was the love that I'd, I'd got with with Sandra, um, and she had children as well. And, and now it wasn't just, if this goes wrong, it's one person. It's like that there's a little family here, and it's going to, I'll never get anything like this back again. So I was like on the edge. It was really strange how I was feeling rather than me saying, no, let's get this other relationship going because this one's going to break. I kind of got to a stage where I said, I I want this to progress. You know, I want I want to survive this and I want to I want to be better. I think she made me want to be a better person Uh, and she still does. She moans a little bit, but, you know, maybe that's what's got me going. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes having that right person uh, motivate you and, and make you the best person. I, and you have to make that choice yourself. I mean, as you know, uh, you can bring you can be the best uh, therapist or, or a, a person to work with, but if the person doesn't want to change, you can't make them change. And no, I I, I agree that they have to be at, at what we call the threshold point, yep. the point where they can either make a decision to continue doing what they've already done you know before and get the same results or just sit and and think about it a little bit and think you know I want more this is not enough for me anymore and I want more and and if you can just get them at that point and and guide them just along that new path then it's it's a winner for both of you yeah, it's that butterfly effect. You know, once you start going down a new path, you can't go back to the old path. Uh, yeah. Or you do, and you make a, a choice to do that. As you know from the right the, the, the days of the drinking, you know, you could have always gone back to, to do that, but that wasn't the, the way that you – once you see the light, you can't unsee it. There was a couple of times when I kind of wandered back, and, and, and it was always if if there was – a stressful situation in my life that happened that at that particular time I wasn't capable of dealing with. I hadn't learned all the skills at that point. Uh, so occasionally I did, but 
not only did I have my girlfriend then saying, you know, you, you're dropping back to how you used to be and reminding me that that's not a want, what I wanted any longer, where I'd got this new little voice in the back of my head saying, you know, this is not the way to go. We've got to do something different. So change was beginning to happen you know, yeah. within, within a 12-month period. Really? So 12 months, uh, you know, and it, it takes a lot of work. Uh, I know for myself, if you don't do the resources, if you don't lean on your resources, you do, you could go back to where you were either not either willingly or unwillingly, uh, you know, not realizing it because I always say that there's that disease that everybody sometimes has is the ICTA disease. You know, I know that already. And, <laughs> yes, and yes. by by knowing that, right? So, you know, how do you balance between knowing? So, you've gained a lot of knowledge over the years. How do you balance now all the knowledge you have, but to make sure that you use that in your own life? I I I still use everything that I've that I've learned. I've, I've got hundreds and hundreds of books and DVDs and CDs of of Bandler and Robbins and and. Quite often, I'll go back through them again, uh, just to remind myself. So I, I, I'm not one of the type of people that learns something and works it to death and then learns something else and forgets that and works the next thing to death and then the latest one evening and, and work that to death. What I've managed to do is take certain skills from each training that I've had and, and put them together, whether that was, um, you know, by mistake, whether it was just something I happened upon, I don't know. But as I, as I treat, especially the soldiers now, I, I put everything together. My first session with any of them is, is going to be between three and four hours. It's a very uh, in-depth, hard push really for the first one because one they come in and they are very negative about the situation some of the people i've used all of them in fact have been having some sort of therapy uh, or counseling for 8 10 12 sometimes 14 years uh, and the results that i'm getting within 8 to 10 weeks are phenomenal because they're very skeptical about it I'm the last type of call, if you like, the last person that you're going to see. And they only come to see me because somebody from SAFA has kind of pushed them. Come on, we're helping you financially. Let's get you to see this guy and let's see what he can do. And, and I have to make sure that within that very first meeting, I've gained massive rapport with them. They look at me as a friend not a military person, because I've tended to find out that um, the people that that look after them or give them counselling, the soldiers are beginning to feel as though they're being judged. That's what I'm getting back from all, all of them. I'm being judged. They're not looking at me. What they're doing or they're saying is not helping me whatsoever. In fact, it's making me worse. So luckily, touch wood, <laughs> I've... I've stumbled across or I've designed something that, that is working with everyone that I'm seeing at the moment. And I think it's that, that first hour where we become as friendly as we, as we possibly can. And I don't judge them. 
and they find they tend to find now that actually I know a lot about how their brain and body works. And then we start playing with things. It's it's the second hour is experimental. I just say, let's just have a go at this. Let's just see what tools you've already got to make the changes. Let's play with the pictures, you know, the submodalities. Let's speed things forward and rewind things back. And then the third hour is is the work hour. They don't realize it, but in the third hour, it's when I'm really pushing them. I'm having them do things that they never, ever dreamt of. Some of the things I have them doing are quite silly, in actual fact. Uh, but it, it works for them. And then, it, and then the fourth hour is kind of a recap. Let's go back to where you were at the beginning. As you know, being a therapist yourself, you can instantly see that when they talk about the things that they were talking about at the beginning of the three or four hours and were breaking down and crying, I mean, these are big, strong men. Um, but when they revert back to the trauma and the, and the flashbacks are coming back and they're recording it as though it's happening now, they just completely break down. Mm-hmm. Three hours later, we're laughing and smiling about the same thing. And this this is, I think Lee will probably tell you that it just, I don't understand this. I don't know what you've done, but you've done something. And I just say, you don't really need to know what we've done. And you are the one that's done it. I've got the tools, I've got the skills, but it's actually you that have put in the hard work and you've gone through the process yourself and it's you that's actually done this. Yeah, that's exactly what I do. And that's why uh, with all the techniques, and I think that's a great way to look at it is you use all your tools. Because there's not one tool that'll make it happen. I mean, that's why, look, that's why we have a toolbox. You know, if if you have one tool, you just need it in your hand. Uh, So I think that's beautiful. Now, uh, you just mentioned uh, Lee. uh, I know that's one of the veterans that you've been working with. You've had great success. You've been talking about it. And I've spoken to him. We're going to add him to this this episode. So how did you start working with veterans? How, how, How did that first happen? Uh, like I say, I, I had the, I had a meeting by mistake uh, in my wife's restaurant, and I got talking to um, Kathy Munslow and Anne McKinnon, who were the president and the secretary of the, the local Staffordshire in the Newcastle Newcastle under Lyme, where I live. Uh, and the major that I was speaking to, well, the major uh, works. Uh, he's got his own band, and it's called Major Feel Good, and he's eighty three. And when he gets on stage, he bounces about like a 25-year-old. I don't know what he's taking, but I want some. <laughs> uh, and, and we just got talking one night when he came down to the bar and, and did a session for us. And it was the major that actually got in touch with the girls and said, this guy knows what he's talking about. Give him a chance. Just give him any soldier that you've got that's suffering and let's see what he can do. Uh, and the rest's history. You know, it was just one after another after another. And uh, luckily, it's, it's taken me two years, but just this last week or so, we, we've been trying to become a CIC company, community interest company, because Safra have got a, a lot more soldiers that they want me to see now, but I have my bills to pay. So I, I've, I've kind of said, well, I need to get myself some funding in some way so I can actually do two or three days a week 
rather than just one. I've allocated one day a week free of charge. I've done that for the last two or three years. Uh, and and I'll, I can only really see two people uh, in one day because the first session is going to be two or three hours. I, I really do need at least one hour between them to, to get my head right because some of the things that these soldiers are telling me, I'll, I'll be truthfully honest, at first I thought, no, this can't be true. It cannot be true. But as I saw more, it was obvious that it was true. And when, when they go from just being the normal guy to shaking when they're telling you. And after about a year, I was invited up to the Newcastle um, Safford to go into a presentation. I'd actually treated this, this major who, who was uh, a surgeon. Uh, and he couldn't go out uh, and he couldn't take his wife out. They hadn't been out for five or six years. He was having flashbacks. He, he was punching out. The relationship was collapsing. And to cut a long story short, we managed to get him in. We treated him over about a seven-week period. And, and suddenly he's taking his wife out. The relationship's got to, back together. And now he, he goes around the country doing talks. And he invited me up to the first talk. and and. It was really lovely, you know, I mean, he, he thanked me and people got up and clapped and all this lot. But they sat me down and they said, this is what we go through. And it was actually, you know, the head cams that they wear and the, and the shoulder cams that they wear. It was actually real life footage of the veterans in their worst situations. And I must have sat with my mouth open, a gasp for the whole one and a half hours. And I had to keep reminding myself that this is not a film. This is not a Spielberg film. This is true live videos of them being at war with their friends, with their colleagues, and actually seeing people in terrible explosions and arms off. And and it was just horrific. And it's no wonder that these people come back traumatized. And yes, everybody doesn't come back traumatized, but that's that's for another video. You know that we all know the reasons about that. Well, as therapists, we do. Um, and I was just completely dumb, astounded, astounded at what they actually go through. And and I had to just say, I've got to carry on doing this, whether I get paid or not. I've got to carry on doing this because they're getting no help from anywhere. Yeah, you know that, that's the paradigm shift that we need to do as a society is the ways that every everybody needs a different way to find their peace you know when i talk about peace and love and to get through the traumas it's not always the same way medication is not the right answer for everybody you know there's there's so many different ways and we should use all the tools that the world has given us and uh you know that's where really just refocusing on things and Again, I, I like using a lot of R words, so recalibrate uh, how we actually sit with those those individuals. That's the magic space that you create. When, when you talk about love and peace, when I first met Lee, uh, who you'll be talking to, he was highly aggressive, you know, hyper alert with everything, didn't trust anybody, didn't believe anybody. Um, 
was ready to kill himself. He'd attempted to commit suicide. And he will tell you this. I'm not talking out, you know, out of context. He, he will mention it to you. He, he tried to get, commit suicide two or three times. And one of the things that he said to me after the second or third session blew me away. He put his arms around me and said, I love what you're doing for me. I've never felt so peaceful in all my life. And he continues to tell, he hugs me all the time. He's a wonderful, wonderful character. He was trained to be a protector and killer if necessary. They take somebody from Joe Bloggs. They change his personality. They change his character, whether it's a male or female. And they send them out to war, which continues to change their character and the way that they see the world. And then whether they get injured or it's the end of their tour or the, the, whoever decides that they've had enough of them or they're too old, it's kind of, thank you very much, off you go. And that's it. They don't retrain them to become a civilian again. And this is what need, it's needed because now what me and you go out and have a meal or into the cities and we find normal, it's a massive threat to them. It's a life-threatening threat to them in some occasions. And when somebody looks at us inquisitively, we just think, oh, well, they either want to ask us a question or they're confused about something. To a soldier, this can be a major threat, just a look from somebody. Uh, and we've managed to change that around. Lee says to me now, he says, I just don't feel the same way as I used to feel. I can have conversations with people that I never used to be able to have before. I can feel love and emotion from my partner that I couldn't feel before. So we kind of, we don't just remove the trauma. We do a period of time where we retrain them to be a civilian, to accept civilian things as just the way it is. It's no threat. And, and he's, he completely changed his life around, and he'll tell you that anyway. Yeah, you, you go from a hypervigilance. Yes. You know, that's what it is. It's the hypervigilance to go back into a normal living, and it's not so easy. You know, if you've been, especially when you've been in it 24-7, you know, again, when you go through any sort of trauma, that's what gets stuck because you then see things through that filter until you're able to diffuse the filter or remove the filter completely it's still there. The memory is always going to be there, but the filter is really how we see things and how we react. Well, I never thought about that until I actually had that piece of love that you sent me. And I thought it made me start thinking about what Lee had said to me and other soldiers that, that had said to me, they, they kind of, they bring the barrier down and they open up again to life Yep. And that's the beauty of it is once you're able to, again, I can experience it and I have not experienced it from a side of war, uh, but you know, trauma is trauma. Yeah. Well, yes. So once you get that freedom, you really feel like a new person. And I thought, you know, as I've shared on the show before that I thought I was, I was already there and not knowing how much more work I, I, I personally needed. And now that I've done it, I feel like a completely different person. Uh, the the view, the view at the top, and I'm, I don't think I'm at the top yet, but the, the view higher up on the mountain is definitely much better than where I was 
years ago. And I'm pretty proud of that. And the people that I'm able to help really uh, are appreciative of that because I, I had one client who actually was with me through a lot of the change. And he just said to me actually yesterday, he was like, this is so much better and we're able to work differently. Uh, you know, once you find that safe place, and that's the important part is finding that safe place. I don't know about you, Davey, but I kind of noticed a big change in the way I felt when I started focusing on other people. Rather than the things that were not right with myself, it was let's help the other people. And once I started focusing on other people and, and what I needed to learn or to progress to do to help them, suddenly the ownership of myself disappeared. There was no concern whether I was good or bad or indifferent. It was, what do I have to do now to help them people out there? And that helped me in itself. Yeah, it's, it's amazing when you help people. If you can do that, and that's why I always talk about being servant leadership. It's not about me. I'm not looking to walk people through the, the desert and do what I say. I'm, I'm willing to give you the tools and you figure it out. I'm willing to assist you to figure it out, but it's all about you and how you figure it out. You know, again, when we talked about people being resistant, if you're resistant, there's not much. I'm not going to bring you, I'm not going to drag you by your arms, but if you're willing to open that little window on the possibilities, the possibilities then grow from it for you. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Now, last year, you, you wrote a book, and uh, you had it published, right? Uh, as, we think, as We Think, We Create. Uh, how did that come about? Um, part of my journey, really. Um, looking back, several people have said to me, you need to put this down. You need, you need to let people know. Because, as you know, in therapy sometimes, or training sometimes, it costs a lot of money. As yourself, myself, over the years, it's cost me tens of thousands of pounds to, to get the qualifications and certification that I've got to. And there's a lot of people out there that would love the knowledge, but can't get access to it. So what, what I kind of did as I just started playing about with putting a little bit of this, you know, NLP, uh, hypnosis, and mentioning Havening at the end, and then, and, and then going through two or three real life situations about how people change, you know, the way that they use their, the words, because words have very powerful meanings and people don't realize. And if people just spent a little time every day thinking about the regular words or sentences, you mentioned metaphors to me in, in one of the correspondence that we had, but if they sat just 10 or 15 minutes a day and thought about what words they use on a regular basis, they will begin to link that with the pattern of their life. And, and as you know, it's all about focus, but it's all about the words that we use. And if we use negative words, we're going to manifest a negative life. Uh, people just don't sit and think about this, but it's, it's proven time and time and time again. And, and often I, I talk about transformational vocabulary, which was, which was for Anthony Robbins. Uh, and, and if we use particular words, it has very powerful negative meanings to us. Mm -hmm. And if we swap those words for something else, we, we can put a different feeling in our life. And to me, life is all about what we feel, 
when we feel and how we feel it. And if we can find out how people feel good, sometimes you just have to put a piece of music on and it'll take you back years and you'll think that was a fantastic time. I was on holiday, I was married, whatever the situation was. Or we can get into the habit of thinking about focusing on negative things. And and people will say, oh, you know, life's terrible, it's awful. And they use a lot worse words as well. Um, and, And they say, how can I get out of this? One of the simplest ways is change the way that you talk to yourself. And, and, and I always add this, once we've done the trauma and we talk about let's progress in your life now, let's change the way that you think and change the way that you use your words and it will change the way that you feel. So the book basically is, it's a guide, if you like. It's a reference book of this is how your life is now. And if you wanted to change it, you just have to do this. So it's a bit of a reference book and it goes over, starts off when I was, uh, I had a pretty bad life, I was abused, I was an alcoholic, I started uh, training with Anthony Robbins, Richard Bandler, and there now my life began to change in exactly what I did in my head to make me feel better. So now I can go and do the things that I wanted to. And I didn't have that, that horrible feeling. Oh, I can't do this. When you start criticizing yourself, what if people ask me this and I don't know the answer? Let's change it. What if people ask me this and I do know the answer and I can know the answer if I study hard enough, if I get the right books, if I go the right courses. You know, you mentioned the R's. I've got two uh, Repetition, that's one of them. Mm -hmm. Repeat, because that's how we learn. Repetition and uh, replay, that was it. Repetition, which are very similar, replay and repetition. Uh, And People used to me, I hope I'm not going on too too much here. No, no, this is great. I I was actually just going to go into my R's as we were talking about words, but keep going. (laughs) Uh, uh, People often come to me and say, I've lost my confidence. I'm not confident anymore. And, and I, I believe people should start using the word competence rather than confident because when people are confident when the teenagers or the in the 20s and the in the 30s and when they come to 40s or 50s they say, I've lost my confidence. They haven't lost the confidence. They've lost the competence because what happens is they tend not to do what they used to do all the time. For you to be confident in anything, you just do it again and again and again and again and again and again until you are competent at it. Then we use the, I'm confident now. That's because you're competent at it. And when you stop doing things, your competence level drops. And so we say we're not confident anymore. So I just say, okay, then you're not confident now. What do we want to be confident about? Let's do this every single day whatever that is right it's the patterns in life that you know you you build the the correct patterns and the ones that work for you the positive patterns i I loved when you were talking about the positive words and the power we have behind words because they are so powerful you know and that's part of that nlp again that's where the blending of everything works because 
the NLP, the, uh, the neuro linguistic programming, right? Linguistic is all about words and the power of that words. And that's what Tony Robbins talks about all the time. It's, you know, if you attend one of Tony's or you listen to any of his recordings, it really is about the language. He, he really dives deep into the language. If you listen to it, that's what brings you in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very, very clever. I, I respect Tony Robbins immensely. Um, but Tony Robbins originally was trained by Richard Bandley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I thought to myself, well, if you want to be the best, you've got to be trained by the best because they know everything about it. And that and that's what my policy has, has always been. Yeah, and it's always continued growing. You had said earlier to, earlier in the show that uh, really it's about continual growth because it's not... Yes. You know, if we don't, if we just say, okay, I know it all, then that, then that, that goes back into the problem, but you need to keep living it all and you keep learning because there's always something out there, even if it's said differently, if it's, if it's the same sort of program, but it's said differently, you then can receive it differently. That's when I always talk about my seeds, my you know, planting a seed and you've planted lots of seeds today with us. You've given us a lot of great information. I can't wait to talk to Lee a little bit because it's really going to be interesting. We've in so far on the show, we've always talked about from people who have been practicing the different modalities to then help people, but it would be really amazing to, and it's great. And I really going to honor Lee, not only as a veteran, that was exactly the first things I said to him through our email exchange. Thank you for your service. And I know he probably, much like all veterans, are going. I didn't do anything, and which is, which is you know, not true in any way because it really is one of those instances where they've really wrote that blank check. And that's how I always discuss it when I sit down with a veteran. You wrote a blank check, and I'm thankful that we never had to cash that check. Yeah, uh, you know. So without them, we wouldn't have our freedom. Exactly. Exactly. So speaking of freedom, I know we've taken up a lot of your time. Is there any sort of, you've given us a lot of uh, wisdom through the, the show. Is there anything you want to leave us with uh, sh- in, in terms of wisdom and, and guidance? <clears throat> wisdom and guidance, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I, suppose, I suppose really I, I would say to people, that it, it doesn't matter how many years that you felt as though that there's something missing within your life, how many years that you've been put down by either yourself, your internal voice or other other people. It doesn't matter how many years that you feel as though you haven't got the confidence to do what you want to or become who you want to be. The simple truth is if you make a decision today, about you taking control over your life, you may need to get a little bit of help from people like yourself or me. Just do it. You always remember that at one time you couldn't walk, at one time you couldn't talk, and you've mastered those two really difficult skills. And if you can master those two difficult skills, you can master anything. Where the couple of the R's, replaying and repetition do something every single day and never ever give up whatever anybody says or anybody tells you if you have it in your head that this is what you want and you're going to do whatever it takes by repeating a behavior a learning process 
and replaying it inside your head, something happens inside us that makes us take action to gradually get what we want. Yourself and myself, 30, 20, 30 years ago, never imagined that we would be in this position helping other people because certainly my life was a complete wreck. But if you stick with it and you tell yourself you can do it and then follow it up with a little bit of action, read a book, go on a course, watch a video, YouTube and the internet's got masses of amount of information out there, then you're going to improve your life. Great, great. Um, This is Lee. The uh, guy I was talking about. Yep. And, um, but also, I want to say thank you for your service. And, you know, w- which, you. which unfortunately yeah. has led you to here, but we're, it's a great way to have met you. You know, I'm glad that you're on the path to healing and things like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, thanks to Ray. <laughs> so I wasn't this good uh, a few months back. No chance. I, um, I can't imagine. And in fact, uh, I'd suggest you guys, uh, I'm going to be interviewing Frank the- Romeo. Here in the United States, he has, he's a 70-year-old man who is a Vietnam veteran who walked across New York State, and it's one of our larger states in the, in the United States, uh, to talk about PTSD because he had experienced that. And there's a documentary called A Walk with Frank, and it's free right now. So if you go look it on, I, I watched it over the weekend, and I was like, oh, my God. I had gone to a couple of events to support the payment for the, the walk with Frank and uh, just seeing the walk and how he interacted. He stayed at homeless shelters through with veterans and, you know, everybody's going through something. And it was an incredible documentary. It's been an hour and a half of time and it's free uh, on the internet. So, you know, yeah, yeah. you're not alone. I mean, uh, you know, not only in the UK, but, you know, unfortunately worldwide, anybody who's, uh, who's taken that, that step, yeah. It's I think it's I think it's sort of left to the side over in this country more than it is over in America. There's a lot of understanding as well to get through, you know, the different stages and and the different traumas that we that are associated with PTSD. Um, and it is a silent, it's a silent demon that just creeps up on you. And it's it's yeah, it's not very nice at all. Um, and you find a lot of us as soldiers, um, we'll dismay the fact that we have it. Um, and you know the flashbacks they're just memories and, and then all of a sudden it's once it's got a grip of you like he did with me um, Ray will tell you I was, I was clinically dead I was that poorly that bad um, through the misuse of alcohol and drugs and anything else um, it was just the sheer mental torture and pain um, that couldn't get gone it was just stuck right in the front and for 10 years obviously when I got injured in Afghanistan um it's just been in war mode for that long, you know, hyper vigilant, mm. uh, to the to the point where I couldn't sit in a room unless I was in the corner, um, and I had to know everyone that was in there. I had to know every exit, um, all the cameras. Um, it was horrific, um, and it nearly destroyed me. It really did. Um, through Ray and, and yeah, is I still say I still call him Merlin. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm old, it's just <laughs> magical. Yeah, I've just said on the way down, um, the last four weeks of my life have been like it was 10 years ago, but even better. Um, and even my, my partner, my, my fiance, um, she even said to me two weeks ago, 
And never, she was just shaking her head. And she was just like, I've never seen you like this. Never seen you so happy. And it, it's very hard to explain. But yeah, it's it's some technique that is that works brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I, I agree because I, I've experienced it also. So to, to be quite honest, not only have I, you know, I, there used to be a commercial in, in America. I'm not only the cl- hair club uh, president, but I'm also a, a client. So I, I understand. I've, I've used havening and uh, as well as some of the other techniques uh, for, for myself, and I still use it as a resource. That's the beauty of it. Once you learn some of those things, those techniques, you're able to then use it on your yourself. It doesn't always have to be going to Ray. Uh, though Ray's uh, amazing, yeah. and, and we'll talk to Ray. The one question that you said in the UK, it seems to be a little bit more challenging. Uh, do you think it's like that English, you know, stiff upper lip? Is that the, the, the mindset? Or is it uh, the the warrior mentality? I think it's a, it's a combination of a few things. I think there's not enough people know enough about what soldiers have seen and go through because there's different sort of PTSDs out there, as we know. Mm. Um, and I've been through probably five psychiatrists um, and they tend to read from a book or a computer in my eyes. You know, they're not interacting like, like Ray did. Um, and I had another girl from America came over uh, back in 2013 when I was I was um, sectioned. And she was the same. She just come and got me out of my room and took me out, took me for a beer and just got into my head slowly. Because we put that back up. We do put that worry, that wall up. Because um, we don't like to deal with it and express ourselves as, as commanders. Um, it's a sign of weakness. But to, and talking alone, you know, people say talk, and I think that's a bit of a myth as well because you can talk to a blue in the face, um, and, and, and some of us can talk quite freely about most of the stuff that we, we experienced out there. But I just think it's the way, it's just the way people are sort of negative towards it over here, and, and they will read from a from a from a pamphlet um, without the knowledge and looking into it. Like, like Ray's gone through thirty years, I think, of studying this stuff, um, and uh, yeah. I say I wouldn't be here now, not without the guy, no way. Um, and I think a lot more people need to, or a lot more people in the, our medical system need to learn a bit more about it. I mentioned to a couple of the NHS girls that were dealing with me, and they never heard of evening, yep. never heard of the technique at all. And I told them to go away and read about it because this guy was helping me more than what they were. They were actually making me worse um, and making me agitated, just the way they were sort of thing with me. Um, so I think that's mainly, mainly the problem. But I think as well, it's, it's a give and take. You've got to want to accept this help. Um, you've got to want to interact because without that, it won't work. It will not work at all. You've got to be so honest and truthful and just get everything out. And as, as much as it hurt, it's made me a lot better now and a lot better person now than I've ever been. Um, and my look on life is exactly the same. Um, yeah, it's phenomenal. You say he's calling Merlin. Yep. Yeah. No. I, and whenever you say Merlin, uh, I, I think of when Havening first started or becoming a little bit more public. Uh, there was somebody in the UK, Malika, who had gone to the breakfast clubs. There's uh, some veteran breakfast clubs, and the guys were just being guys. And you know, you know, who, you know. Again, if you sit, go into a room and say, "Guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make you feel better just by touching yourself," it's gonna give you a lot of trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> but then they started showing the Havening and. 
you know, they were like, what is this voodoo shit that you're doing? And they were all starting to feel better about it. And then they start, you know, you start, you know, the guys start talking to the guys like, all right, what's going on? And they were like, this is voodoo shit, but they all loved it. Malika was loved and really was one of the important people at the beginning of Havening getting out to the veterans. So I, I, you know, when, when you say Merlin, I always think of, you know, the, the comments from the, veterans you know what is this voodoo shit and that's what i've yeah. spoken to when i've worked with veterans said it's going to be like voodoo i am not going to do anything and like you had said earlier you have to want to do it so if i say come on rub your hands in your arms and you don't really want to do it or don't believe in it it doesn't matter what we can rub till the skin comes off but that's not going to help you you have to want to do that as well and really seek the help so I, I know Ray's right here. So how was it that you found Ray? Um, it was through staff for lunch. It's, yeah. Yeah, it was through a military, um, military organisation. Uh, it was kind of a short, long story short, um, the, the paramedics who had found me, um, I was smashing my head off a wall. It was that, that severe. Um, they had brought me back home. They had then contacted my doctor. My doctor then contacted Safa. And Safa then contacted Ray, um, which was brilliant, yeah. Um, otherwise, I'd have gone back down the route of the wrong kind of treatments and the wrong stuff I would have thought, because I have quite a lot of therapy and nothing nothing has worked to this extent at all. Um, so that was, that was I was introduced to Ray, yeah. And like you say, it was a bit a bit weird at first, when I mean, he's sitting in front of me and he's starting to rub my shoulders. And yeah, it was a soldier, I'm just thinking... I just go with this, like, you know, and, <laughs> and believe it or not, after the first session, even just that first hour and a half, two hours, I left that room and I couldn't believe what had happened. Couldn't even remember half of it, but yeah, I just felt so much better. So, so it was just, it's, it's, I've said to Ray, I can't explain it. It's that magic, that, it's that weird. Yeah, that's uh, the weirdest part is when you're in so much pain, you're willing to try anything, even rubbing your arms. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then once it starts working, you're like, okay, how is this possible? And, uh, you know, that's the magic. Yeah. Uh, and then you know, it, it really is sort of Merlin. So let's ask Merlin. So Merlin, how has it been working with, uh, with, with, with Lee and, and seeing, I know how it feels when I work with clients and you see success. How, how does it feel, you know, seeing Lee's success? amazing really wonderful i mean when you can when you can get somebody that comes into you and you've got you've got to remember that these are extremely strong men you know they put their life in line for for people like us you know we sit at home enjoying ourselves going to the pubs doing all this these are the guys that make it possible for us to do this and and as far as i'm concerned I don't know whether it's the government or the military. They're just shaking them off. They're just saying, okay, thank you for your service. Uh, We don't need to use you anymore. Off you go. And that's it. They just leave them there. And and to see somebody to come in that's not broken at all. The, The mind and body is working perfectly well as a protective mechanism um, but sometimes they feel as though they're broken. They feel as though there's something wrong with them. And that's entirely not true. Uh, and to, to take them through a, a system of techniques, and Havening is by far the strongest one, 
where I integrate Havening with neuro-linguistic programming and something I call waking state hypnosis. I put them in a kind of trance. In fact, Havening does that to a certain extent, put them in trance. So I use more than one technique, but from taking them to where they really are a mess, and most of them will admit that to yourselves, to within two hours to change the brain chemistry enough for them to see that there's an opportunity here to be well again, to be strong again, to get through this again. Within a matter of two hours, it's phenomenal. You know, it's magical. And And to see the smile on the faces after, it's... No money in the world could pay for that. Yes, we, but no money in the world could replace that 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 look on the face because you just know they just change instantly, and you know that what was crippling them a couple of hours ago is bearable now. And then you're on the pathway. Then the next few weeks is about you know retraining, reprogramming the brain to accept that there's something life safe again. Yeah, that's the important part is to find out that it's safe again. And I, I know there's a slight look, and you, I know, Ray, you've done this for a while, when, when the person starts to get the get it and the change starts happening with them, their face changes differently. And, you know, if you really think about how we hold on tight to things, you know, once you let go, it feels so much better, but we don't know until we let go. And Lee, is that something like how you've experienced, you know, you still have the memories. It's not erasing memories. They're still there. I was just going to come on to that. Um, The first two or three sessions, it sort of, it was that, it was that mind boggling and scary. It put me in a bit of a paranoid state and a frightened state again because of how bad I was. I didn't want it to come back and where it always has come back before, you Mm -hmm. know, and, my sleep, I was up, I was having flashbacks nearly every hour, two hours. I was getting no sleep, but I was getting full night's sleep um, to the point where, you know, the wife's waking me up. Um, and it was kind of scary because I was panicking in case all of a sudden it came back. And Ray will tell you, it took me a good three or four weeks to actually trust what he was doing it was going to work. And when I got that trust and I got that confidence back, I couldn't get enough of it. Um, and it, it just started to click and roll all in, all into the same place, you know, how my head should be. And the, yeah, the, you know, I can still, I've still got them there, but I don't know, I've not even had a flashback since the last, I've not even had a flashback since. Um, and anything was setting them off before, smells, uh, bangs, um, car doors, um, it would instantly take me back into that war, war zone again. And now it's, yeah, I can just laugh it off now. And yeah, it's, it's quite. It's a strange, strange feeling, um, and like I say, to suffer for ten years was horrific, absolutely horrific. And most of that is forgotten. You know, I can't even think back some of the years. Um, and yeah, it's been an amazing, an amazing journey the last three months. Really has. Yeah. So the triggers don't. So now the, the same things that used to trigger you, you, you can kind of laugh it off. And, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not in a, I'm not in an alert state anymore. Um, I'm not. I'm not looking. I was always looking for danger, um, and what if this happened? What if that happened? What am I going to do? Now I can just walk down the street and 
don't bat an eyelid sort of thing. I'm not looking for that, or I'm not looking for danger. Um, he's kind of he's spooky, but it's <laughs> so, so, so actually good. Yeah. So now, when you walk down the the street, you, you're walking at a relaxed pace. You're, you're yeah. not on that heightened. I'm not hiding. I'm not. My head's not down. My mask isn't on. You know, I'm not. I'm not shying away from people or vulnerable points or crowd gatherings. You know, I'm actually just walking head high and my chest out and I'm feeling proud again. Um, and not had that for ten years of coming back. Never had it. Um, if I, if I can just mention something, just something just popped in, into my head. <clears throat> I remember when when we very first. Uh, sat um, together on on the very first session. I mean, the first half hour or an hour is to to get to know each other, to to make sure he feels safe with me and everything. But one of the things that that he said that that stuck with me for for a few weeks until he started talking in a different way was that that he'd got no future. He says, I've got no future. You know, he, he really was considering that it... There was no opportunity. There was no reason that he should carry on living. Uh, but he couldn't see his future at all because all that he'd had for the last 10 years was, was this repeated movie going on in his head that made him feel crap, basically. But once we started removing <coughs> some of those um, memories or the emotion to those memories, what he began to do then was he started coming up and saying, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of doing some training again. Suddenly he could see his future. He could see what he was going to be doing next year and the year after and the year after. And, and this is part of, of the miracle, if you like. Mm-hmm. This is where it takes him from one state of mind and allows him to open up again and see what the possibilities are. Uh, and, and he's already flying He's doing really well. Well, I think that's the biggest change in all of us is when we can't see that, you know, tunnel vision and we can't see the all the possibilities. I know I've been in a dark place where at that time I wasn't able to see the the possibilities. And what helped me get through it is once I started looking at some of the possibilities. And then it, it really is a game changer. Definitely. Death. From going from from going from going to sleep at night, not wanting to wake up the next morning, to going to sleep at night, can't wait to wake up the next morning is phenomenal. Yeah. That's the biggest change in me. Um, I was praying I wouldn't wake up, you know, so when I was thinking, you know, suicide, overdose, anything. Um, and luckily the fact my family was there sort of probably swerved me a little bit to the point where I'd actually I didn't really think about anybody at that last moment when I was found um, face down sort of a thing. Um, it was just a total blackout. Um, and even the doctor says, you know, my brain had just shut. It was that overloaded. It was like a computer. She said it had just crashed. Um, my BP, my blood pressure, my, my heart rate, it was sky high. It was clinically dead, basically. Um, and that's how extreme it got. Um, and like I say, this, this doesn't come no... There's no warning triggers. There's no warning lights or anything like that. It just springs up on you. Um, and I was, yeah, I was in a very, very bad place. Um, so you can understand when Ray come on the scene, my wall was up straight away. And I was just like, nah, this isn't going to work. This is, you know, uh, yeah, two hours after the first session, uh, yeah, I was a different person. A yeah. different person. 
Yeah, it's incredible how quickly it can come, but also, you know, when you look at it back now, much like you were just sharing, that how much pain you were in, you don't realize how much pain that you're willing to try anything to make the pain stop. That's why even uh, to let you know, so I had learned havening about six years ago uh, because I was going through a very dark period, which wasn't as dark as I, that I had two years ago. So even though I knew the resources, I wasn't using them. I was helping everybody else, but I wasn't helping me. And then once I had to put myself back into that thing, I was able to switch it uh, very quickly because I knew it. And at that point, I had already started seeing my possibilities. So how do you go through the day now seeing your possibilities, not only when you're with Ray, obviously, when you're with Merlin, it's it, it's an amazing you know, piece of uh, yeah. time. But how do you go through the day when you're not and, and managing some of the challenges that you might have? To be honest, I don't see any challenge. I, I see a challenge as, as a challenge. And instead of swerving it, I'm going straight through them. And it's nothing, nothing at the moment has been phasing me at all. Um, I don't get angry anymore. I'm, I'm not getting, I'm not getting worked up. I'm not, I'm not looking at things in a bad way. I'm looking at everything in a good way. And if something does go wrong, and I'm not flipping, going off the, off, off, flying off the handle, um, I'm just going straight at it like a bull. And if I can't solve it and do it, then I'll find a way around it that I can. Whereas I wasn't doing that before. Um, and that's when the alcohol came into the game. Um, it was straight to the fridge and straight onto the bottle or straight onto a can, just to, just to, just to get them problems to go away. Uh, that I couldn't fight them. I'd, I'd, like Ray said, I literally I had nothing left. I'd, I just couldn't see anything. I couldn't see any way out. Um, and the only way I could see was to just drink and drink and fall to sleep. Um, and it was totally, I say, looking back, wrong, but. That was my coping mechanism. Um, and now, actually, I enjoy a drink um, and I enjoy a laugh. I'm not using it to block anything. Um, so, yeah, I don't have, hand on heart, I, I don't get challenges anymore. Um, I just knock them down. That's it. They say life's just, life's just, I said to Ray, it's, it's never been like this for the last 10 years. So it's still, I'm still edgy about it, but, I'm taking that ride and I'm, I'm staying on that train now. Um, so yeah, it's, it is. And it's been three, four weeks since our last session. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And every single week and every day, I say every day gets better, better. I mean, me and the wife, we were arguing every hour at the slightest thing. We've not had an argument for seven weeks now, not even the slightest. We just laugh at each other all the time. And it's just a massive, switch around um right because you yeah. don't see, you don't see everybody trying to attack you or, or you don't That's have to have you don't have that vigilance as you mentioned no. and, and feeling no. on the defensive and that's that's and that's great that so you haven't seen Ray in three weeks and it's all been because it really is optimizing your brain and rewiring a lot of that the bad the, the behaviors that you needed to at that time i mean that's part of our challenge is when we've gone through those, those were our coping mechanisms yeah. because we didn't have the right coping mechanisms to deal with it. And, you know, again, the issues that might we, we might live in the real world versus what you had to do in really survival world is completely yeah. different coping mechanisms. 
<laughs> he's got strategies now, you know, he's got techniques and strategies because life is life, you know, something will come around and slap you from time to time. Uh, and, and if you've got these tools, once you've learned them, you can, you can use them for the rest of your life. And, and I think that's, that's probably the magic within this, these techniques is we teach Lee and people like Lee, uh, first of all, how to use them so that in the future, he doesn't have to get, come back to me. I'm always available, you know, from right. now until the end of days, he can just pick the phone up and I'll always be va- available. But I don't think he'll need me now because he's got the tools. He knows how to self-haven, you know. He's, he's in a place now where he can rationalise what actually goes on. I mean, it feels real when, when they have these flashbacks, sure. but it's not real. It's just a recalled memory. And I think once people get to understand that and we can ease the pain of one of them, then they begin to realise, well, actually, I've got more control over this than I ever imagined. And that's when the progress, you you saw Lee jump in leaps and bounds once he'd got that idea in his head that actually I can do something now. Lee's done all the work. He's done everything. I I had the techniques, but Lee has done the work without his input, without him making himself important in this, the the success wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. You you mentioned that, uh, you know, Lee and people like Lee can do, can do this without, doing that. That's what I always say. When I sit down with a, a client, I go, I hope we build a, a relationship that I never have to see you again in yeah. this type of setting. We could be friends. You want to go for a beer? Let's yeah. go. That's that's a different situ- situation. But let's go work. And when you're willing to work, and Lee was obviously willing to work because I, I again, understand that from my point of view, when you're in that much pain, you're willing to do anything to be out of pain because that's what we're really doing. And now you said you can, though you might have been an alcoholic earlier to, as a coping mechanism, you now can enjoy that beer at the pub, and it's a yeah. completely different. Yeah. It's a completely different reason you're drinking just to ha- have a, a drink. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, it's like. Um... Through about meeting Ray, I mean, my other psychiatrist, so you know, I've been a bit aggressive to go towards some of them, and I've, I've turned around and I've said, Unless you get me a new head, you're not going to fix me. I need a new head, so get out the door, sort of thing. And what Ray has done, no hand on heart, as he's done that, sort of thing, <laughs> he's given me I've, I've got my wish come true because in my mind, I was apps, I was ruined for life, um, and I used to say that you know, to, to the doctors and all that. There's no way you're going to fix it. There's not a chance. That's how that's how severe it, it, the flashbacks were. And Yeah, now it's like I have got that new head um, and that new lease of life. Um, and, yeah, he says it's, 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 it's magical, honestly. So he says that voodoo stuff. Yep. I, 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 that's what I, I, I use it. And, and being somebody who've experienced it, you know, a lot of the practitioners, you know, you, you might have experienced it once or twice, but I've changed use it in my life regularly and continue to use it regularly in my life. And you start seeing the changes within yourself and you're like, huh, holy, like, you know, just recently um, I've gone through a bunch of stuff and you're like, okay, instead of having the ups and downs that you would normally have, it was just like, okay, I knew how how this life is going to give you challenges 
all along the way. It's not going to be green lights and sunny days every day, but managing those much better in a, in a healthier way is really all the difference. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, definitely. As, like I say, I see, I see any sort of hurdles or challenges now as a challenge that I'll get through it, no problem. Um, and I don't shy, like I say, I won't shy away from them or run away from them anymore. Um, and all get aggressive towards anything. It's, yeah, it's, it's like I'm just, it's just going up and up and up every day. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's good. And the techniques they do work. I was saying to Ray just before you come online, my, my, my partner's getting, she's suffering with cancer at the moment. Um, and she had some bad news yesterday, but last night I was just like, say, rubbing her while she was having a sleep and she's, I got a bit funny, like, hey, what, what are you doing? I'm like, don't you worry, you'll feel better after it. And yeah, she felt a lot better, a lot better. Um, so if, if I can do it, use it on her to calm her and, you know, her anxiety, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's how we go about thinking about doing things and healing things. There's so many ways that havening and techniques, uh, NLP and hypnosis and all these things, it really is about, as you said earlier, being able to see the possibilities. And by seeing the possibilities, that automatically gives you, if this doesn't work, then we'll go to this. There's different ways to do it. And that's the part that I, I do agree with you, that many people who practice just go, well, the books say this, and, yeah. and yeah. this is not a book thing. You know, yes, yeah. there are books about yeah. it, but it really is about give it a try. You know, yeah. uh, I... I Again, I you know I have a blend of between the book smart and then you also have the Eastern philosophy of just this energy movement and all this. You can't explain it. You might not be able to document it that way as to why things work. But here you go. It's working. Yeah. Who cares? Right? At the end of the day, if we told you to st- stand on your head and spit nickels and it was working, you would have learned how to spit nickels. Uh, that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I think I think what what some of them believe from my experience talking to a lot of them is <clears throat> when and Lee said I I thought that I was ne- I was never going to be put right I was never going to get my life back again but as far as I'm concerned Lee was always in there you know we, but the the distractions of the trauma have become so important that he forgot who he was for a while mm-hmm. You know, I don't don't think it's kind of remaking. I think it's rediscovering who you are and and just taking away enough of the pain long enough for you to be able to say, yeah, I'm here again. I'm actually here again. Yeah, it's the reawakening. That's what I always say. Yes, yes. I I use a lot of R words, Lee. uh, (laughs) But the, 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 the reawakening, because it's remembering who your most authentic self is. You know, because... I know, again, for me, and I'll ask you the same question, is when I looked at myself when I was doing the other stuff, was that who I was? Was, was the actions that I was following through who I really wanted to be? I, I believed I was a good person, but was I necessarily seeing it, if I could look through other eyes to see that? And now I'm like, no, now I can look through it. In my present state, always, how is other people looking at it? Or at least asking those right questions. How about yourself? Yeah, I was just going to say that. I mean, it was a good conversation with my mum the other week. About, well, it was about four weeks ago. And um, she, one of the things she said to Rebecca when we got outside is, um, I've got my son back. 
sort of thing, because of how I was. It'd be, I used to sit down some days and like talk to myself and say to myself, this is not me. You know, why can't I leave the house when I've been such a, a strong soldier and a commander and I've been a leader of men, but yet I was so powerful. And it was like being split. It was like the Joker sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, constantly. I, that was the hurtful thing with knowing how I was and why I couldn't be back there. Um, and that sort of head trauma and that sort of that pressure, when you can't see yourself, when you can't look at yourself, um, you think your world's over, you, you know, you, you, you're gone. Um, and there's, there's no way out of that. There's no, I don't think there's anyone who could pull themselves out of that with, without the help. But you've got to accept that help at the same time. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll tell you the matter, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even look people in the eyes, you know, I'd sit there nervous. I was, I was a complete wreck. Um, there was no way you'd get me doing this kind of stuff. Not a chance. Um, and now, yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's quite difficult. Uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm probably speaking for both of you. Soldiers are hard people to work with. <laughs> Very hard because we put that back up and we put that wall up and you guys have got to try and get into us. And I said to Ray that first session, and he picked up straight away. I had no confidence. I was just sitting there thinking, well, whatever, here we go again. And then two hours later, my mind just changed completely. Um, and it has for the rest of my life, I think. Um, so, yeah, we can be a little bit naughty at times. I'm putting that wall up. <laughs> so you have, got a, you have got a big job straight off the mark. You know, but the technique works. You know, like you say, you're going to see other shrinks and psychiatrists, and they, they ask you to draw a pig or a house or a clock. And I'm just like, not at school anymore, you know. Um, <laughs> but apparently, they can determine your mental state from that. Um, but yeah, you know, so. It didn't work for me. Yeah, so I guess it is it is difficult breaking down that wall with anybody, not only a, a veteran, and you've mm-hmm. been and you've been trained, especially uh, you know, it sounds like you were a commander of some sort. So you're you're told basically not to give people information, right? To and that's the part of the military experience that's a challenge is you go from this hyper vigilance, not telling people things, protecting yourself at all times to the rest of the world, which is really that's the area that they need to work better at is that transition period to remember, yeah. you know, again, you know, mental health is, is something that we don't talk about in society as a general. How would you suggest as somebody who's done, done it, what would you suggest to somebody who's going through what you did and find somebody like Ray? Yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of a fine line. Uh, like I said, you know, Soldiers will put that wall up um, and you've got to be kind of treading on eggshells around them a little bit because you've only got to say that wrong word and they'll flip out sort of thing. So the, 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 the difficult jobs there straight away, like say with the soldiers, and probably with a lot of other people. Um, and and on art, you know, I don't think I've got an answer because whatever he did that day, it worked. And I, mean, I, 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 haven't, I don't think I've got an answer to say that. No. Yeah, that's fine. I, yeah. And, and yeah. I, th- I think it's that Ray, Ray creates that safe space. So you, once, yeah, that's once right. you, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you, you met Ray and you probably had that wall up, probably double wall. And by meeting the right person, you then could find it. Now, Ray, so I'm going to ask you the question. How do you, and not to give away your, your 
Merlin tricks, but what do you do when you have somebody who is is building up that wall and doesn't want the wall to break down? How do you work uh, through that? I, I don't mind giving my Merlin tricks away because <laughs> I'd like more, to know this one as well. <laughs> the, more, the more people that know it, the more people that, that can be helped. Uh, and I suppose lots of it comes from many years of experience. Uh, and certainly at first when I started working with soldiers, it was a lot more difficult. Um, as, I, as I've gone along and, and worked with soldiers, I've kind of managed to gain a little bit of knowledge about how they are and, and how they've been treated in the past. And I think that may be the key to it. Many of them have said to me that they actually are not being helped They've been hindered with some, and I'm not going to mention any names or, you know, any departments, but they feel as though they're being interrogated rather than being helped and they're being judged. And I've, I've heard this several times. I don't judge. I, I'm not at all. One, because I've never been there and I don't know. What I do know is how the brain works. And I do know that if I can offer something that they've never been help, uh, offered before and just give them a little bit of, of what it feels like. And, and we did this, we spoke, and then we'd work on something. And then we'd, I'd distract him and we'd go off somewhere else again. And then we'd go back to it. And, and some of the things that we were working on first didn't work. So this is where you have to be flexible and you have to go, okay, then that, that didn't work. Let's put that over there and let's have a go at this one. And that's why I use several techniques together. Right. Personally, I don't think that one technique alone will give the person the benefit that's required. Okay. And I also use a lot of confusion techniques, the old Ericksonian method of confusing the how out of them. And some of the things that I have them do must seem quite silly to them. You know, I'll, I'll have them making silly noises. I'll have them standing up and turning around. Whatever I can do to confuse them once we're at that point that's hurting so I can add something to the experience. Mm -hmm. So the experience isn't this. Now it's this and this. Right. And, if, and, and I try to put, you know, a little bit of laughter in it. And if we can laugh about things, silly, silly things, mm -hmm. whilst we've just been talking about how serious this was, mm -hmm. and a few seconds later we're laughing about something else, there's a bit of an overlap there. What will happen is the laughter becomes part of that experience if we do it enough times. So I'll go back to it. I'll distract him and, and ask some silly question. They probably can't even remember at the end of the session what I've been doing. Uh, but this is why often they don't know what I'm doing. It's because I have the, the brain going all over the place. Then we'll do some havening. Then we'll do some talk again. And then I'll have them standing up and turning around in circles. Yeah. And, it, and it's all part of the process. And, and like you said, as if it works then we carry on using it. If it doesn't, I'll just go on to something else. Right. That, that, that's yeah. the, the great of having that bag of tricks. Yeah. It's it's tools uh, and yeah. having those, that bag. It's exactly what he's just said. I mean, I left some of them sessions after two, two and a half hours walking up the street, scratching my head, 
thinking, what have I just done? (laughs) You know, the next couple of days, it was draining. Don't get me wrong. It was proper draining. Uh, Then it all started to come better. Everything was just clicking in place. It was just absolutely bonkers, some of it. It really is. Um, But yeah, many a time I left and I was just, what the hell has he just done? I mean, put me to sleep a couple of times and I'm fighting. (laughs) I'm trying to, I didn't have, I don't want to go to sleep. And I'm just gone into into that state. And and then everything he said throughout the day or the next week starts to come back. The brain's starting to work again and it's starting to function again properly. Um, Yeah, it's like you say, it's a crazy method. Yeah, it's a good method. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a crazy way of doing it. That's why I always say we plant seeds, and you just mentioned that is it doesn't always happen at once. But you stop planting enough seeds, and it grows the right way in our magic garden. And um, you know, I remember, you know, uh, having uh, one of uh, a client do air guitar. He was a big music musician, and he, he, you know, he didn't like you know have to hum. So I said, "Well, you're a guitarist. Go play guitar." And, you know, sometimes we, we had his actual guitar there. And there was one time he was going through a, a, cha- a state change. And I said, go play your guitar. He goes, I don't have my guitar. I have to go down and sit. I go, no, no, no. Go air guitar it. And he called me up the, day, the next day saying, what the hell did you do? And much like Ray was saying about yourself, and it's not we don't do anything. We just give you the suggestion and you do the work. That's the amazing part is I'm just here – sort of helping as a guide, not as a, a medium. That's why you can do this all on your own, and, and you've seen that for yourself. Yes, yes, definitely, definitely. Okay. Yeah. All right. I know we've taken a lot of your time. I appreciate you sharing the experience of not only working with Ray, but the coming through your PTSD, and again, I thank you for your service uh, more, that more important than anything else that, that, you know, thank you. Because I always say that veterans, you know, you, when you, when you go into the service, you write a blank check and, you know, you never know when that check's going to be cashed. And I'm, I, I am very thankful that not only have you had to go through the things, but you, that you've gotten through them. That's what we want to celebrate. And thank you for your service. Yeah. And thank you for the opportunity to meet you no, not at all. It's, I think the thanks is mine to you people actually to to giving me my life back uh, and my family back is the main thing. Uh, I'm a little girl, um, but yeah, I think the thanks comes from me. Definitely. All right. Well, then have a great day. I know you guys are a little uh, ahead of the the, the, the schedule, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh, have a great day. Good luck w- w- with your w- with your fiance and keep using Havening, uh, as, as Ray will yeah. tell you. There's lots of I, there's lots of thoughts in, in the NLP world and about using some of those techniques to help reduce cancer. I wouldn't say that that should be the only method. You should use Western medicine as well, but there are techniques that do help with uh, combating at least the mental parts of uh, a challenge like that, as well as some of the physical things. Yeah. Superb. All right, everybody. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And again, we should always find peace and love in our lives. And when you need to bring a bat, bring that bat. But that's a bat of love. And find your sweet spot and swing away. Thank you. I am really glad that you're enjoying the show. And I hope you follow us on all the podcast hosting sites. As well as Facebook, Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Or you can follow me, Uncle Dave, 
David Chemetsky at Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse, and www.davidchemetsky.com. I also would enjoy for you to contact me if you want to just have some feedback. You need somebody to talk to at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. Well, my friends, today's journey has come to a close. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember the peace and love surround you that will assist you to rise again. And don't forget to bring a bat for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.